As soon as I find a pocket to stick that thing in, we'll be in good shape. I wanted to take a second this morning to give my testimony for uh, the past week. It actually took place last Sunday. We had the opportunity and blessing of being able to take somebody to lunch. And in the process of doing that, I cut this lady off at the soda fountain. <laughs> and I used it as a way of apology. So why not? It works. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Colossians this morning. Chapter 4 is where we will begin. Not exactly where we're going to finish, but Colossians 4 is where we will begin. Remember, we are talking about walk-ins welcome. Five things that we are supposed to walk in according to Scripture. Uh, the first week was walk in the newness of life. Last week was to walk in love. And if you need those Scripture references, I'd be happy to share those with you. And this morning, we are going to be looking at walking in wisdom. Walk in wisdom, Colossians chapter 4, verse number 5. We will read 5 and 6. The Bible says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for the beauty of the sunshine that we've got. Though the temperatures may be cold, Lord, it's offset some by just the beauty of the day. We ask you, Father, that you would help us, we pray, through this lesson time. Help us to be able to get across the idea that you have laid on our heart. And we ask you, Father, for those that will hear, Lord, this morning, that they would have ears to hear. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The word wisdom is a, a word that is somewhat misunderstood in the human language, English language in particular. And the Webster's 1828 Dictionary says this, the right use or exercise of knowledge, the choice of laudable ends and of the best means to accomplish them. This is wisdom in act, effect, or practice. If wisdom is to be considered as a faculty of the mind, it is a faculty of discerning or judging what is most just, proper, and useful. And if it is to be considered as an acquirement, something you can obtain, it is the, in the first sense or practical wisdom is nearly, I missed, a ver, I missed the line, sorry about that. It is the knowledge and use of what is, my brain is going, anyway, it is what it is. <laughs> I can't read. That's the bad part this morning. Wisdom is more than just knowing things. Let's leave it at that this morning. Wisdom is not intelligence. Wisdom is the proper application of intelligence, of learning. And unfortunately, we've got a lot of people in this world that know things. They're very educated people, but they don't have much wisdom. I have an uncle, and you have probably heard this phrase at some point in the past, my mom used to call him an educated fool. He was a very intelligent man, taught at a, a major college in the area where we lived at the time. But he wasn't exactly very, 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 very wise when it comes to applying things. He may have known some things, but he didn't take care of his life very well. And so as we look at this this morning, I, I thought as I began to do this, there at the last couple lessons 
have been what we call textual. They've all been a part of the same passage of Scripture. Well, this morning we're going to look at something a little bit different, and then we'll come back to the passage of Scripture. What does the Bible have to say about wisdom? If we're going to walk in it, we need to know what the Bible has to say about it. When we look at our first passage of Scripture, it's actually found in James chapter 1 and verse number 5. The Bible says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. This is the one thing we can ask God for, and God has promised us that he will not say no. You know, we can ask God for money, and sometimes that's not God's will for our life. We can ask God for healing, and we may not get that. But wisdom is the one thing that God has said, let us ask for it, and God will give it to all men liberally. He's not going to hold back. He's not going to give it out in measure. He's going to just pour it out on us in, in a way that we often can't even explain or understand. But God wants us to have wisdom. And this first idea this morning is that it is something that we should seek after. We should seek wisdom. If we're not seeking after wisdom, then we've got a real problem in our life. If we go back to the Proverbs, the Proverbs are such a wonderful passage of Scripture, and sometimes they feel a little disjointed. It's almost as if a bunch of things have just been kind of thrown together, but there's so many different ideas there. And it, God starts out in Proverbs chapter 4 in the early portion of the chapter, verse number 7. He says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. In everything that we do and all of our endeavors, there should be one goal and that is to gain wisdom from it. You know, if, if we go through life there's a, another old statement. I'm fond of old passages, old quotes. And one of them is, he that ignores history is doomed to repeat it. Wisdom many times comes in the actions that we, that we partake in. And sometimes they are the best lessons learned from failure. We often learn, <laughs> don't put your hand on something hot because that is a good lesson in teaching you a wisdom you put your hand on a stove, or as I did in my younger days, walk across a floor furnace. That was not a very bright thing to do. Never seen one before. Walked across it, and I learned don't do that no more. That's wisdom. It's more than just, it's more than just knowledge. It's more than just understanding. We are to seek after wisdom, but the problem is our world that we live in isn't it's not afraid to seek after wisdom, wisdom, but the problem is it's seeking after the wrong kind of wisdom. If we're going to seek wisdom, we need a specific kind of wisdom. When we read passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22, the Bible says, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And we see in this first verse that God... God understands that there are two kinds, at least two kinds of wisdom. There is earthly wisdom and there is heavenly wisdom. They are not the same. They do not line up. When we read this passage of Scripture, God is saying that he, he made foolish the wisdom of this world. And it goes on in the next verse. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them which that believe. Now, here we see that we... Wisdom, human wisdom, worldly wisdom, will lead us away from God. It'll lead us away from Christ. But heavenly wisdom has one goal, and that is to draw us closer to the Lord. 
This heavenly wisdom is the wisdom that we need. It is very specific. The last verse in that passage, the Bible says, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. There are a lot of people seeking wisdom. They're just seeking the wrong kind. You and I this morning, as we sit here in this room, we, we have people among us, and myself being one of them, we are gatherers of knowledge, gatherers of, of facts and ideas. We like to know things. Wisdom and intelligence are not the same thing. And if we're not careful, we can misapply the intelligence and the, and the knowledge that we have and the, the wrong kind of wisdom. So we need to be specific in what type of wisdom that we're getting. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 19, the Bible says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 16 says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, these couple of verses may seem just remotely aligned to the idea of us having the right kind of wisdom, but they give us an idea that there are, there are worldly aspects of wisdom that we need to be careful to avoid. Cunningness and craftiness are fine if they're applied to the Lord and His work, but not if they're done in the way of the world. When we see this phrase in the last verse in Matthew chapter 10, to be wise as serpents, that, God's not telling us that we need to be sneaky in what we do. I, I don't know about you, but the worst thing in the world for me is to turn around and see a snake behind me. I, that, that, that freaks me out and makes me scream like a little girl, and it's just not fun. Guys, that's not the type of wisdom that we're supposed to have. We're not supposed to be cunning and crafty in that aspect. We're supposed to be wise as to what the devil's going to do. We're supposed to be wise in how the devil is going to work against God's work in our life. We need to understand these things because if we don't, we're bound, almost doomed, if you will, to have problems in our life that just can't be avoided. We need this wisdom. We need the subtlety of wisdom that we see mentioned in Scripture. Back to Proverbs, the very first proverb that God gives to us, he starts out in verse number 1, Proverbs 1.1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding. In these first two verses alone, just in verse number 2, we see that God wants us to have wisdom. We are to know it. But there's a subtlety that we're going to see in just the next few verses. Look at verse number three. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. The instruction of wisdom has an expanded effect. It leads us to proper, a proper understanding of justice and of judgment. It also brings us to a proper understanding of equity. Not what this world would tell you that equity is. And equity is an equalness, an imbalance in our life. We are, one of, the, one of the problems with our world is that we've got so many people that kind of take a, a fall off the deep end, if you will. And we can do that as Christians too. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be dedicated to the Lord. But what I'm saying is that we can take our zeal for God and we can turn it into something that it shouldn't be. There's a church out west that if I mentioned their name, I'm sure you would know who they are. They picket things that just don't need to be picketed. And this particular church has taken their zeal and they've not applied wisdom to it. 
And unfortunately, that has had a bad effect on them. It's given them a reputation and a reputation to all Christians that we're just a bunch of zealots that don't have any kind of concern or care for people. That shouldn't be the case. They have not applied wisdom in what they're doing. They may be zealous, but they're not applying wisdom. Verse number three, the Bible says, or verse number four, Proverbs 1, 4 says, to give subtlety to the simple, to, for the young, uh, excuse me, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. To give subtlety to the simple. We've all heard the old phrase, keep it simple, stupid. Unfortunately, I'm a simple mind sometimes. I have this bad problem. If you don't make it really plain to me, I'm just going to miss it. I tell my wife all the time, I don't take hints. Just tell me what you want. You know, don't hint to me that I need to take out the garbage. Just flat out tell me I need to take out the garbage, okay? Hints don't work with me. Simple minds, we need something very simple to understand. We need when God says to give subtlety to the simple. God means for us to have the wisdom that God wants us to have in such a way that even a child can understand it. One of the, one of the major problems that we as Christians have is that we try to over-explain things. Salvation is one of them, to be quite honest with you. Salvation has been so over-explained. When, when I had a preacher years ago that said that God keeps all the cookies down on the bottom shelf so everybody can get to them. And I kind of like that ex explanation of it because that helps me to understand that salvation is simple. And if it is simple, there's a wisdom that's built into that that God wants us to understand. Some of the simplest things in the world have a wisdom behind them that is quite amazing. You look at, for instance, mechanical devices. Uh, how, many, how many of you like to watch perpetual motion machines? I do. I, I think they're amazing to watch. And just the, the way that they work and the wisdom that God has allowed all of these things to work together to keep a ball moving. It's like, to me, there's a wisdom behind that that's beyond my understanding, but not beyond God's. I can't understand that necessarily, but God has made other things so simple, like salvation. And he's made the most valuable thing in this world to be simply understood. God wants us to have the subtlety of wisdom. And if we don't do this, then if we begin to overthink things, unfortunately, we can make a train wreck of it. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of the brothers a little while ago, and he mentioned that he went to nuclear power school. And uh, we had a, con a concept or a phrase in the Navy called nuking it. And the idea was that you'd overthink everything. And we don't need to do that when it comes to Christianity, particularly when it comes to Scripture. One of the things about wisdom is the value that wisdom has is higher than what we would give it. The title that I've given to this small section of it is the supremacy of wisdom. Preacher has corrupted me. I've started alliterating things, and I don't know if that's good or not. But the supremacy of wisdom, we read in Scripture in Proverbs 16, verse 16, says, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be, and understanding rather to be chosen than silver? There is one thing we will never regret in life, and that is the getting of wisdom. I may regret in my life that maybe I didn't earn as much money as I would have liked. 
I have one major regret in my life, and it is the simple fact that I spent the majority of my youth as a parent working to provide for the family and didn't spend the time with my son that I could have. That is a regret that I will carry to my grave. But you know something? There is no regret in gathering wisdom. The benefit to what I just mentioned about my regret is the fact that it has brought wisdom to me because I now understand that the time that God has given to me is more valuable than anything else. It's more valuable than the house that I live in. It's more valuable than the paycheck that I earn. We need to learn to understand that wisdom, when applied to our lives, will help us to realize what is most important. And this passage of Scripture says, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold? You know, God doesn't have... God doesn't have different, uh, how, how do I want to put it? God doesn't have subdivisions in heaven. Let's put it that way. You know, each of us in this room this morning, we live in different parts of this area. The area that I live in might be better or worse than the area that you live in. Each of those areas are sometimes assigned based on the value of the homes that are there. Heaven's not like that. You see, regardless of how much we earn, wisdom is always going to be more valuable. No matter how expensive your home is, wisdom will always be more valuable. We need to get it. We need to spend time in Scripture to get that wisdom. This type of wisdom doesn't come mostly from earthly actions. It comes from spending time with God. It comes with learning who God is and what God likes and dislikes. There's a movie that I like very much, and I'm, I'm a big movie buff, I guess you would say, particularly Christian movies, and there's this one movie, and it, it describes the relationship between a husband and a wife. And in this conversation, he mentions that during the dating period, you maybe earn a high school diploma with your relationship with your wife. He says, but at the marriage ceremony, it shouldn't stop. It should continue on. You should go on to earn your college degree and then maybe your master's degree in this conversation, he says. You see, wisdom is not something that should ever come to a point where it stops for us. We should never stop learning about God. There are many of you in the room that have been saved longer than I have. You know, this morning, there should never come a point where you feel like you know everything there is to know about God. We've got to keep learning. We've got to keep understanding, gaining wisdom. But wisdom for wisdom's sake is a problem. And that is one of the major issues in this world. They think wisdom is the end goal. When we read passages like Colossians 4 and verse 6, which we read at the beginning... It says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. That's wisdom being applied. It's the seasoning of wisdom. Wisdom is supposed to impact our life. Wisdom, wisdom that gets ignored, the problem is it, it's, there's a, a passage in Scripture that talks about a, a hog returning to its wallow and a dog to its vomit. Now, I know that's kind of a disgusting illustration, but it's there. And the problem is, if we go through this life and we learn about God, but we don't apply it to our life, 
We've not gained anything from that. That wisdom has been set on a shelf as a trophy. Hey, look what I've got. How many of us have done something like that in the past? We, we can't gain from that. Our Christian life can't gain from that. If we go back to the book of Colossians, now that we have a better understanding of what wisdom is, what does the book of Colossians have to say about wisdom? There are uh, six, I think it is, passages that deal with the word wisdom. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 9. We'll just take them in order. I think God puts them in there in that order for a reason. So Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We should desire, at the very least, to know God's will for our life. There is a wisdom we read a little while ago in Scripture that we are able to ask of God for wisdom. We are to ask Him for wisdom, and God will give it to us liberally. The one thing that each of us say, say we want, now often we lie, but we say it, I want God's will for my life. Often we want our will that is tempered with God's will, if we're going to be honest about it. Wisdom comes in when we learn to accept God's will in exclusion to our own will. That is very difficult for us to do. In this passage of Scripture, it says, Be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. But remember what we said a little while ago. Understanding the will of God is one thing. Having the wisdom to know what God's will is is one thing. Applying it to our life is something totally different. How many young men have you heard of that say, God called me to preach at a young age, but I ran from God? They knew the will of God. They knew that God wanted them to preach the gospel. But yet, because of the lack of application of wisdom, they ran from it. Now, I'm not criticizing them as individuals, trust me. I have done more than my fair share of boneheaded things. But we need to come to the place where we learn to apply God's will to our life. That is a big testament of wisdom. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 28. The Bible says, Whom we preach, of course, talking of Christ, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. This is the wisdom of warning. Warning others is one of the wisest things that we can do. It has been said that we can't take what we earn to heaven with us. That's a good biblical concept. But it's a little faulty because we can take. We can take those souls that we lead to Christ. We can sometimes send them on before we get there. And I'm not saying kill them when you say get them saved either. <laughs> If you save somebody that's 80 or 90 years old, if you save them, I hate that phrase. If you lead them to the Lord and you see them saved and they die before you do, your treasure got to heaven before you did. Man, what a, what a blessing for us. We see the wisdom here of warning others. There is nothing else in this life that has as much eternal consequences leading others to Christ. 
This idea of handing out tracts to people, man, I tell you what, there's nothing like it. Because you may not have 15, 20 minutes to sit down next to somebody and open the scriptures and lead them to the Lord. But God's got an amazing way of taking a piece of paper, and maybe it's not today, maybe it's not tomorrow, maybe it's not even this month. God will find it in a drawer, in the bottom of a drawer where they've hidden it somewhere because they were afraid maybe to throw it away and open it up and they'll read it and give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. Man, what a blessing. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 3. Now this one I want to give you the title of before I read the verse. I have called it the wisdom of wealth. But it's not the wisdom of having money. This verse says, In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All of the treasures of this life are in nothing in comparison to wisdom. When we come to the place where we really realize and discover the true value of wisdom, we begin to place an emphasis on it. My wife found a, a Facebook post that she had posted some years ago. People always do what they want to do was the general idea of it. There's a wisdom to that. We always apply wisdom or gain wisdom when we want to. If we don't go looking for it, we're not going to find it. If you don't aim at anything, the old adage goes, you'll hit it every time. You know, we, we, we live in a world today that's replete with wonderful sayings. But unfortunately, we often ignore them and the wisdom behind them. Colossians 2, verse 23. The Bible says, Which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Now this verse, I'll be quite honest with you. When I first read it, I thought I had a typo in my Bible. I'm like, what? Wisdom in will worship. This wisdom this morning, that word will, that phrase will worship, I had to go look it up to be quite honest with you. I'm like, what on earth is scripture talking about here? I didn't get it. It's a voluntary worship. A worship of God that you choose to do. You know, we are forced in life to do many things. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like paying taxes. But I don't like going to jail either. So I'm going to pay my taxes. I'm being forced to do it. I, I'm not happy about it. But I'm going to. We're forced to do many things in our life. But there's one thing in our life that God will never force us to do. He will never force us to worship him. Not yet. There will come a point when people are forced to worship God. That great white throne that we read about that unsaved people will appear at, they will be forced to worship him. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Guys, we understand that will happen, but right now it's all voluntary. There's a wisdom in worshiping God because he is the provider of every good thing in our life. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above. We, we don't earn it. The paycheck that you get, the retirement that you may have earned, it was sent to you because God loves you enough to provide for you. You know, 
just because, and don't take that to mean that if you earn less money, God loves you less. That's not it at all. God knows that he can't trust me with large amounts of money. If I have often said, I'm glad God didn't make me a millionaire. Would I like to have money? Sure. But the problem is my idea of how to use it would be to buy an island and tell the world to take a hike. That doesn't do God any good. And so God can't trust some of us with lots of money. That's, it's why, that's why God doesn't give to everybody $10 million at birth. No, it just doesn't work like that. But we see this wisdom in voluntary worship, in will worship. We need to understand that when we come into this place, particularly Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, pastor, you're here all the time. You're here to work most of the time in the offices and that kind of thing. But there's something about worship services. We call them that for a reason. How many of us, and, and I'll be the first to raise my hand, how many of us have at some point in our life walked out of a service feeling like you wasted the last hour? That wasn't the preacher's fault. It sure wasn't God's fault. It was your fault. Because you didn't come to worship. I've done it. And guys, this idea of voluntary worship, it is something we choose to do. When my son was young, if I told him to go clean his room, there was no reward in that. But if he chose to clean his room, and I'll tell you right now, it never happened. <laughs> if he had chosen to clean his own room, there would have been rewards attached to it. What we choose to do, what we have an option of something else, God puts benefits in our life. And I'm not saying God's sitting up there going, oh, he showed up today. Oh, he, yeah, he was in church. That's, that's just one check mark. Uh, he brought his Bible. That's, this isn't Sunday school, okay? Uh, it's not like that. No. But God has a way of pouring things into our life when we choose to worship him that we can just never expect. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 16 let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. I mentioned this in passing a little while ago when we were talking about the idea of how to get wisdom. The word of God is the only source. We can learn from mistakes. We can learn from the problems of our life, but there is no better source of learning for wisdom than Scripture. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, but it's more, again, than just memorization. or implement. It's got to be the implementation of the Word of God in our life. Scripture says, To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We've been in church long enough that many of us, we know what the Bible tells us we're supposed to do or not do. And yet when we choose not to do it, we are ignoring the wisdom of Scripture and doing what we want to do. But the last one this morning is the verse that we started in. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. Colossians 4, verse 5, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. There is a wisdom in watching how we walk. Last week, I gave you guys a quote 
Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Yeah, it's sort of riddleish, but there's a truth there. I have heard Pastor at times mention that he is not a big proponent of lifestyle evangelism only, and I agree with him very much. But he also goes on to say that our lifestyle should back up what we say. This passage of Scripture, verse number 5, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. The people that you know that don't know Christ as their Savior are watching you. If you are a child of God, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, phrase it how you want. If you know Jesus Christ, the world is watching you. And they are looking for an opportunity to say, you did wrong. Walk in wisdom. Because many times people will not be saved because they say, I know so and so, and I'm better than he or she is. As preachers in this room, there are several of us in this room that preach the gospel. And I'm sure we've each heard that same phrase at one point or another. What you do, the way that you walk in this life does make a difference. God doesn't... How do, how do I want to phrase this? God... We, we've heard it said that God doesn't care how you live your life. I believe that's a lie. God does care. Now, every time we get out of line, God doesn't strike us. God doesn't take us on to heaven at that moment. He gives us a chance to get it right. We need to walk in wisdom this morning. Because if we don't, it will have an eternal consequence. There will be those that do not accept Jesus Christ as their Savior because of the way we as Christians act. If we are unforgiving, they're going to notice it. If we speak a bad word, they're going to hear it. If we tell a dirty joke or even sit and listen and laugh at a dirty joke, they'll be there. Wisdom is living our life not in fear of the consequences, but wisdom is living our life in, in conjunction and in order of the Word of God, allowing it to order our life. My life's verse is Jeremiah 10, 23. O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. God will lead you. God will guide you. That is a promise that I have clung to since the day that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior because I cannot do it on my own. And I need the wisdom of God's word in my life to help me to be the Christian that will allow me to be the tool that God can use. This morning, I want us all to walk in wisdom. I want us all to live our life in such a way that God can at some point say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But it's up to you this morning. Do you want to walk in wisdom? As the piano begins to play and we all stand to our feet with our heads bowed, I would ask you to consider this morning, will you endeavor to walk in wisdom? Will you try to apply the Word of God to your life? Let the wisdom of Scripture help you. We each fail on a daily basis. 
But don't be satisfied with that failure. Would you simply ask God to forgive you? Would you ask Him to help you to do better tomorrow? To help you to walk in wisdom? If you're in this room this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would be remiss if I didn't invite you to come. If you do not know Christ as your Savior this morning, would you raise your hand? I'm not going to come back and embarrass you. By your own admissions this morning, you each profess to know Jesus Christ as Savior. Let us walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we've been called. Pastor? As the piano plays, I believe the message is clear this morning. Great, great message. Walking in wisdom. Wisdom of warning, the wisdom of wealth, the wisdom of worship. Wisdom of watching how we walk. Boy, we need reminded of that. One of the things I, I wrote down, it wasn't expressly said, but it was certainly implied is we need to pray for wisdom in our life. But then we need to pray for the humility to live within that wisdom and not become lifted up with pride and arrogance. What a great lesson.